you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Tuesday, November 28th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest. Shares his name with a world champion wrestler and an award-winning journalist. Did you know that? I did know that. Shares his life with a wife and four children. Shares the experience of being an NFL quarterback with his little brother, Derek. And shares a spot on my top ten all-time colleagues list with, well, nine other people, obviously. He's the former number one (laughs) overall pick. He's the Super Bowl champion. He's David Carr. Welcome back, D.C. Sometimes we're in a room with more than nine people, so I'm curious as to who didn't make the cut. I won't bring it up. That's a more fun list, actually, to go down the list of people who got no consideration. consideration. We'll have a Thanksgiving or we'll have an event. There's probably 50 people there. And I say, hey, look, I have a top 20 list and I am not afraid to break it out. It changes. My favorite joke. And I learned it from a buddy of mine, Reed Grinsell, former colleague. If he was in a room with, say, six people, uh-huh. all right, you could do a quick head count. He would leave and typically he'd say, five of you are cool. <laughs> Let him fight it out. <laughs> Love it. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. And on today's show, a two-part plan. Part one, we'll examine the fallout from the last game of week 12. Part two, we'll prepare you for the excitement of the first game of week 13. Pretty simple. So let's get to it, starting with this. Santos the kick. Santos is good from 30 yards. And the Bears crawl back in front 12 to 10 over the Vikings on a 30-yard field goal with 10 seconds to play. All 12 Chicago Bears points came from the boot of Cairo Santos, including that game winner, final score, Bears 12, Vikings 10. Not exactly a showcase of the best the NFL has to offer. Joe Buck finished last night by saying, quote, and with the Benny Hill music playing in the background, this game is over, to which Troy Aikman responded, thankfully. And that's fair enough. And yet I will make the argument, David, that the effect of last night's game is far greater than the performances we saw from both of those NFC North rivals. Stats of note, Justin Fields, 27 for 37, 217 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, but two lost fumbles. Fields also the Bears' leading rusher, 12 carries for 59 yards. DJ Moore, the leading receiver, 11 receptions on 13 targets, 114 yards, including this catch on third and 10 with less than a minute to go and the Bears trailing 10 to 9. Fields winds up, throws to an open man, first down catch. DJ Moore fighting inside the 20, inside the 15, and goes down there with under a minute to play at the 55-second mark. No blitz from the blitz-happy Brian Flores led Vikings defense on that play, rather curiously. That Moore catch and spin put the Bears inside the 15. Santos won it 45 seconds later. Santos' kick is up and... He made it. Vikings disappointment immeasurable. Alexander Madison, 10 carries, 52 yards, five receptions for 50 yards, and a touchdown for TJ Hawkinson. And, of course, Josh Dobbs, the pastronaut, 
came back to earth <laughs> with a thud. 22 for 32, 185 yards. Did have that Hawkinson touchdown, but he also threw no fewer than four mm-hmm. interceptions. Bears improve to 3-8. and eight. Vikings fall to 6-5, and five, and yet they stay in the NFC playoff picture. Currently, they are the keepers of the sixth seed. Okay, David Carr, those are the stats. What's the story? Well, I, I look at that game, and I, I just tried to find some hope in the fact that I was sitting there watching it, and I felt like Troy Aikman a little bit. <laughs> As I'm just oh, is watching. it over? Thank God. Yeah, it's like it's over. But then I'm like, you know what? Let me let's just let's just look down the looking glass. A yeah, thank bit, you, thank you, know? you. And I was I was sitting there, and I, actually, my father-in-law um, is a huge Bears fan. He's from Chicago, and so he calls me during every Bears game, regardless of what's happening, or texts me, and he's just like, "What's happening?" And I'm like, "Look, here's what you need to do. Justin Fields is going to be a good quarterback. What's happening right now?" is you're just in the middle of it, okay? Like, let's just take a little journey into the spring. And you jump out of whatever spot you could be in to grab a quarterback, and you grab whatever bounty you can from that. Because I really believe that Justin has the ability to be a franchise player. And I think that what's going to unfortunately have to happen is there's going to have to be a change in the organization from a coaching staff standpoint. Not that Iberflus is a bad defensive coach. He just might very well be. But I think that with what we have in Chicago, it has to be quarterback-driven, much like it is in Philly, much like it is in even, even with the Colts before Anthony Richardson got hurt. I mean, that was going to be a good situation for him. Justin needs that same situation. So then take that, grab Marvin Harrison and put him opposite of your other stud receiver that made a great play at the end of the game leave Justin in there and then build a system around him with a good running game. And defensively, you have some good components. And I think that you have a winner there. Now, Minnesota is a different animal there. They're back on planet Earth, as you alluded to. And that'll be what it is. But I really think the story is the Chicago Bears and what Justin Fields' future looks like. Okay, and you started to give shape to what was going to be my follow-up, and I really appreciate you going there, even though I'm pissed that you clearly looked down the rundown here. Um, (laughs) Justin Fields, I agree with you. There's something about this man's character about his skill set and about his leadership that really kind of jump off the page for me so to speak that uh, to me he strikes me as a guy that you really can build around and sort of walk into you know uh, a future with an interesting skill set but even yesterday around these parts David the QB whisperer Steve Mariucci said that he's still evaluating Justin Fields doesn't quite know what to make of him and perhaps that's the case for Matt Eberflus and the Chicago Bears staff too and it's rather important because the current draft order that you alluded to sees the Bears picking first and fourth first of course thanks to the Panthers pick that they own the current draft order by the way Bears one if it was today Mm -hmm. Cardinals two Patriots three Bears four Giants five Commanders six now the draft clearly goes through Chicago so my question for you was going to be what is the plan do you keep Justin and build around him or do you start anew with a guy like Caleb before you answer and you kind of already have but the decision on fields definitely more important now than ever. Do you use your draft capital to build around this player, or do you start again? In a quarterback-rich draft like this one, there will be a lot of temptation to take Caleb Williams at one sure. if you have the number one overall pick. He is being touted as the best quarterback prospect to come along since Andrew Luck. Some say the best quarterback prospect to come along Ever a little bit of hyperbole for me there, but that's certainly one of the options. But you could take the first pick 
or even take that fourth pick and turn it into a lot more draft capital mm-hmm. and build around a guy like Justin Fields. And after the quarterback, the QB Mageddon, you could call it, <laughs> of this current campaign, there will be suitors for Justin Fields if you were to take the start again route. If you sure. wanted Caleb Williams at one and the Panthers continue to lose and you have that first pick, yes, you could pick Caleb and you could, in theory, have already shipped Justin Fields to many teams, I yeah. should think, that would be interested in a dual threat quarterback. So. Your answer, forgive the long-winded re- the reiteration of what you kind of already alluded to, but in your estimation, if you're the Bears' front office, you're keeping Justin Fields and potentially saying goodbye to Matt Eberflus. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the decision that they have to make, right? So they, they sit there and they say, I, I don't think that there's a world where Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields coexist next year. I just don't think that happens, right? Not so, the right guy for that quarterback. Correct, and, and, and both of them can have success. They just can't have success together because I don't think that, and we've, we've tried to bring in a new offensive, we've, offensive coordinator, offensive system. Matt has tried to make this thing work, but I just, I think that it's too late. I think that what needs to happen is either scenario that you laid out, you move Justin to someone that, sees his talent, even though I wouldn't like this to happen, Atlanta would be a dream scenario. For Perfect Justin place Fields. for him, wouldn't it? Perfect. It does not just, feel like Desmond Ritter is the answer no, long doesn't. term there. Right, or they would have stuck with Arthur him. Arthur Smith, an offensive coach who really values a uh, options in the running game. Justin Fields yeah. offers you that for days. It just makes too much sense for Interesting. me. Interesting. What about the Raiders? The Raiders are, so it, I think it depends on what they decide to do at the coaching staff right. as far as the Raiders go. I, I love Antonio, obviously. I don't know if that is going to be a long-term thing. You never know what Mark What Davis about is the Giants? The Giants would be very interesting as well. Because if you look at that teams like the Giants and even Philly, I think I heard J-Mac this morning yep. on The Herd that say that sense. Philly would be an interesting place for Justin Fields to go. Hadn't thought about it before uh, yeah. he said it does. that. And I think he's on to something. It makes sense. Something interesting. But, of course, then you're asking a guy like Justin Fields who believes he's a starter yeah, in this league I to, play. to play second fiddle somewhere. And I wouldn't want that for him. So yeah. Atlanta feels like a great Atlanta, option. New York makes a lot of sense, too. Okay. So, David, that feels more likely to be what happens. Because as much as you are showing faith right now in Justin Fields, and as much as you believe, maybe on behalf of your father, father-in-law that he can be maybe could be maybe should be the long-term answer in Chicago if you're reading the tea leaves it just doesn't feel like that's going to happen that they're going to move on from him most likely at the end of this season I think that that's unfortunately probably the case I would I would just caution the Bears front office yes do it make your pitch so I I mean yes there are some some quality prospects out there and this this quarterback class could be very good. I mean, one of the one of the best we've seen in the last ten years. But I also know that you just never really know. And I I kind of know what I have in Justin. Even though Mooch says you're still evaluating this kid, he doesn't shy away from the moment. I I would argue that what they ask him to do week in and week out is not even scratching the surface to what he's capable of doing in this league. So, for me, I see all the components. I see everything that I've that I need to see from a guy that can play in this league. I just think that he's in, he's in such a wrong scheme for what he's being asked to do. What's the right scheme? He Who's ha- the right guy or the right kind of guy? We're not moving pieces around the no. chessboard right now, but is a Dayball-like character the best kind yeah. of answer? If Look, there's no, there, are no, there are no alternative Andy Reeds out there, but is no. it a guy like that that you, that you hope to finally end up pulling the strings for a player yeah, like I think Justin that, Fields? I think that it just makes so much sense when, I, when, when you look at 
the quarterbacks that can that can utilize their legs the way Justin can. There so kind are, of maybe a Jonathan Gannon kind of character. Great, yeah. Any, anybody that can come in and utilize him in the run game. Or Shane Steichen is what I mean, Shane not Steichen Jonathan Gannon. Indy, exactly, Forgive me, yeah. uh, Shane Steichen. We're from Philly, but yeah, exactly. So utilize his legs in the run game. Make the make the fight fair. Eleven on eleven, and now let's see if I can beat you in one. Because I don't see them ever doing that in Chicago. Like it's never really a handful of times they'll do it, and when they do, they're very effective. But I just don't think that they have the ability to continue to roll those types of plays out there. They are, they aren't from that tree. So I think I think that what I would do is I would find someone that can do that. And honestly, if you really want to sit down, you had to keep Eberflus. You want to keep him intact. You like what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. Fine, that's fine. Right, I don't know the, the inner workings of what's happening. Then there. go bring in then an go OC. Grab a guy, right? That you can that you can build an offense and then grab a Marvin Harrison or grab some components and so, a tackle. Like, a couple of names that I, I would throw your way. A guy like Ken Dorsey is available. A guy like Greg Roman is available. Either one of those names strike I mean, you as being that, that, good like options. That type of guy. Because yes. the fact is the the fact is that the Brian Dayballs and the Andy Reeds and the Shane Steichens, they're going to want head coaching jobs. They're not they're not available and they're not going to be available. Well, and if they are, they're going to want head coaching jobs. And that's the other that's I think that's why I keep kind of saying, okay, if you have to keep Eberflus, but I and that's why I don't see a world where they coexist. Right. Yeah. So I think that either Justin gets moved to Atlanta or New York or one of those places, which I think both those places would be ideal. They would do a great job with him. Or he stays and a guy like those types of coaching, uh, that, that coaching staff comes in and then takes over the reins in Chicago. Very interesting. Uh, quickly, last word on the Vikings. They remain in the playoff picture. They're in it. But their final five game, well, their final six weeks look like this. A bye this week. Probably couldn't come at a better time, and yet, man, mm-hmm. they were certainly hoping to go into a bye week off yeah, of a certain a huge, win yeah, exactly. over the Bears, yeah. right? Wow, that plan changed in a hurry. Yeah. Then they have the Raiders and Bengals back-to-back weeks away. Then they get Lions and Packers back-to-back weeks at home, and then they finish the season away Lions in Detroit. Um, they're a playoff team now. Yeah. Are they a playoff Lions, team at the Lions end of the season? Isn't great. Um, but honestly, the rest of those games, winnable. They can win those games. Okay. So f- let's let's not try to guess. Then let's yeah. just answer this. Here's your bye week. You're yeah. the coach. What are the bullet points that you need to focus on during this week of rest and preparation to give yourself the best chance of making a run and staying in this playoff picture? Honestly, what do you need to see differently from this Vikings yeah, team? Yeah, honestly, when it when it comes down to it, it's just it's it's as simple as turnover ratio and not not giving the ball to the other team. I mean, you're in a one possession game, Chicago Bears. You should have never been there. You had four or five turnovers. I mean, that's really as simple as it gets. You got a guy that you know has been the talk of the league over the last, you know, three or four weeks, and he just didn't play great, you know? So, I mean, it's interesting when they say, we'll evaluate the quarterback position after what we saw happen the previous two or three weeks, but the bye week can be interesting. So he can also, Josh Dobbs, can utilize this extra week to get a little bit more comfortable with this system, get a little bit more comfortable with what they want to do in the last month or so, uh, these remaining games to make this push for the playoffs. They could def- they could definitely do it. I mean, uh, they have the they have the, the capabilities. They have the, the physical talent. It's just about the matter of the quarterback not turning the ball over and playing sound football. Translation: Vikings, you came back to earth last night. The astronaut came back to earth. The rocket man, as Kimmy Checks likes to call him, came back to earth. But look, the orbit is there, awaiting you to launch to relaunch yet again. Uh, take a week, work on some stuff. Yeah. Keep the damn ball. Keep the ball. It's easy. Ask Sean Payton. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. 
That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with David Carr, and the next topic is titled The Prologue. The first thing you see at the beginning of the play, at least a Shakespearean play, it's the opening speech. Oh, for a muse of fire that would ascend the brightest heaven of invention, a kingdom for a stage, princes to act. He wasn't, reading, he wasn't reading that. To behold He's the swelling not. scene. Oh, <laughs> that kind of shit. Look, it's act one, <laughs> scene one. But in our case, it's game one of week 13. It's Thursday night football. It's Seahawks Cowboys. Coop, hit me with a little music. Ah, very nice. Cowboys a nine-point home favorite in this one. The total for this game is 46.5. That's the third highest of the week as it stands right now. So clearly, points expected, drama too. And yet... The Cowboys team, David, that we've seen lately, pitted against the Seahawks team that we've seen lately, may not offer all that much drama. Are the Cowboys about to do to the Seahawks what the Ravens and Niners have already done to the Seahawks? I mean, it looks that way. Unfortunately, the Seahawks have played some good football teams the last couple of weeks, and they've they've not they haven't been exposed. But I think that they were a better than average football team that was that was probably playing a little bit above where they should be. And they, unfortunately, are going to run into a Dallas Cowboys team in Dallas that plays exceptionally well there, that plays extremely fast. And over the course of the last month, Dak has played better than I've ever seen him play. So that's a tough ask because defensively they take the ball away. Dron Blantz stepped in beautifully on the other side opposite yeah, Stephon kid, Gilmore. Right? It's been fantastic. Trayvon who? Yeah, exactly. Obviously, we don't mean that, Trayvon Diggs, and we year? hope that you're feeling <laughs> better and you're going to be back what soon. But, man, even back? you, Trayvon Diggs, have to love what you're seeing uh, in Deron Bland out there. It's been wow. great. And, and, and there are, Dan Quinn's defense, if they've ever been anything, they're opportunistic and they take the ball away. So that's, that's, a, that's a great scenario when you have an offense that's scoring the way that they are, utilizing Brandon Cooks and the, and the play action uh, which I'll show today on our show. It's just it, it's it's been really good to see uh, Mike McCarthy kind of step into the present day because really when I look at their film, even for the first couple weeks of the season, first eight weeks maybe, maybe maybe seven or eight weeks, it, it was tough because I'm like, oh, this stuff I've seen. I I grew up on this West Coast offense. I know this like like I could just write my name like I could write some of these plays that you're running. And so if I can do that, defensive coordinators across the league, they've seen it for 20 years, 30 years. It's very easy to diagnose, but. McCarthy's actually, I mean, he's copy and pasted, which is all what everyone does across the league. And it's funny, you can see. But he's done it on behalf of innovation, he's and, he's, on behalf and, and, and of so modernizing his him, approach. Man. Yeah, and you have to do that, right? That's what, that's what we talked about with, with Mike McDaniel. Like, that's what everyone always talks about. If you're not innovating, you're going to eventually get clamped. And the defenses are too good in this league and too fast. They'll figure you out. But what Mike has done is off that run action, off the play action, he's utilized some, you know, they look like the same concepts, but then they take Brandon Cooks. And that's where he's started to kind of show up over the last couple weeks is they're using him as their speed guy as their guy that can run into open space 40, 50 yards down the field. And Dak's doing a great job of finding him. And that has unlocked something in this offense that has just been fantastic to watch. And now, on, on top of that, we talked about this a lot last year. We would watch Dak struggle throwing it down the field, yes. down the middle of the field. And you talked about this with, uh, with me earlier. 
And it was something that was really a problem. He would, a lot of the turnovers, a lot of the interceptions were there. A lot of it was reading and reacting, waiting for the receiver to break. And so you'd see Dak staring at CeeDee Lamb, for instance, because we saw four or five of those last year, waiting to see what CeeDee was going to do down the middle of the field. Because with the safeties, with the two safeties and the quarterback in that read scenario, it's, it's very subtle. Like, it, it's, is he, is, are his feet in the numbers? Are they not? And that can change the receiver's angle and his route. And so they'd turn the ball over a lot. So what I've seen a lot this year is it's very clear what the receiver's doing. Yes. It's, it's, it's distinct down-the-field roles. And now it's freeing Dak up to, instead of kind of wait on the receiver, he's able to manipulate the safeties and the corners and kind of put them in position where he wants them to be and then make throws. Okay. He's done a brilliant uh, job of when that. When a quarterback says he's able to manipulate the corners and the safeties, yes. how is that done? What does that look so like? You what your, do you do? So, a lot of, so first of all, you have to have the vertical. You have to have the ability of your guys to be in the proper area. So I think for, for this example, you'll have a guy right down the middle of the field. you got a two-safety defense. You're going to work one side. So say we're on the left side here. Right down the pipe, i got a, I got a receiver burning up the middle. Okay, So my safety's eyes are on that. So like Cooks being a speed guy, yes. you're going to send him now, straight into that. And i got CeeDee Lamb burning down the sideline. And so now that, and i got someone occupying the corner's attention, maybe a flat route or a tight end, someone to kind of pull the corner off of that deep route. So now I have two guys running full speed at this safety. And so now I know where those guys are going to be, right, from a, a quarterback standpoint. Now it's my job as a quarterback to kind of see which direction that safety is leaning. So if he sees Brandon first and he starts to kind of favor the middle of the field, so my job is to look him at Brandon with my eyes and then a little bit of my shoulder action. Maybe I can take my hand off the ball. Just any kind of trigger to get him to fully commit. Or even if he doesn't fully commit. Commit enough to where he can't make a play but on the ball. But you're using your eyes and your shoulders right. to get me the corner to really, or the, the safety, safety rather, to really, to really commit to one side That's of the right. field. And, then, and he's done this very well. He's, he's done a great job of this. And I think a lot of it is because Mike McCarthy's made it very, it's, it's crystal clear where right. his guys are going to be. So Dak has taken like that next level of, that's really where you, you start to see like Pat Mahomes. Like Pat Mahomes, we see the no-look passes a lot. Yeah. We see Matt Stafford in the Super Bowl, right. that no-look pass. Right. That is manipulation, right? That's all, that, that's all you're doing is you're trying to eyeball somewhere and pull defenders a foot or two off their spot so you can make the throw that you want to do. That's all he's really trying to do, and Dak has been doing an excellent job of that. Very interesting. Let's put a finer point on what David says is the best version of Dak Prescott that he has seen in his career. Over these last five weeks, Dak Prescott has 17 touchdowns against only two interceptions. Mm. He has a 125.8 passer rating. He's averaging 320.4 yards a game. He is north of 70% completion rate. Uh, when asked about his recent run of form, Dak had this to say. What I say to myself is I, really, I haven't done you know what I mean? It's um, regular season. Numbers are great. We're getting wins. That's, what, that's what's most important. But at the end of the day, we're trying to stack and keep growing this team to make sure that we're getting better each and every week. So, David, mostly a stock answer. Yeah. But I respect the I haven't done shit portion of it. Yeah, it's good. Uh, they haven't done anything yet. And yet they are headed for a third straight 12-plus win season, only done 10 or so times in NFL history. This team does feel different to me than other Dallas teams. And maybe it yeah. goes back to the nuances that you're helping us see yeah. in Dak Prescott and this this Mike McCarthy-led Cowboys offense. They seem more ready somehow. They seem more likely to succeed. I think in the yearbook, you are putting the Dallas Cowboys icon next to most likely to succeed mm -hmm. because I'm starting to believe in this Dallas team. Is this Dallas team, what you are seeing now, 
in spite of the knock that they can't beat the good teams, that they're only beating up on the bad teams. Mm -hmm. Do you believe enough in what you're seeing in silver and blue to suggest that maybe they're capable of a run to an NFC Championship game, and dare I say it, a run to Super Bowl 58? Yeah, I mean, it, it really is remarkable because I'm, I'm a huge supporter of what the 49ers do. He grew up a Cowboys fan. And Don't let I any of this con you. I a <laughs> long time in the past Cowboy fan. So, so when I look at the Cowboys, I think that what happens with right, me, right. with the Cowboys, is yeah. I was a fan of the Cowboys for so long. My brother's middle name is Dallas. Like, Google that. Like, that's legit. So when I watch them, I get disappointed. <laughs> right, right. Because I, ha I see... So usually in, in early 90s, when the Cowboys would have a regular season like the Cowboys are currently having, they win the Super Bowl. Right. But what has happened in the last couple of years is they have fallen short in, in the playoffs, and they have gotten beaten physically. And personally. they have gotten beaten physically by the team that you've just the invoked, the 49ers. So they have so that in the back of their head. Well, Dak well, does in that press conference. So it's in the back of your head. Yeah. It's in the, I think it's in the back of all of our heads, and you know that it certainly is in the back of Cowboys fans and players' heads. Yeah. So let's talk about that. If they were to play this week, the Cowboys and the Niners— Edge still for you goes to the Niners? It does, but it's not as big a gap as it was when they played. The know? last time they played, well, let's forget regular season. The last time they played in the playoffs, it yeah. was a 19-12 to win for the Niners. Yep. A game that, in spite of how disappointing it must have been at the final whistle, that when they finally took stock of that in the hours and the days after the final whistle, I should think Dallas thought to themselves, guys, we're close. We're close. closer than we've been in a long, long time, and they look better now than they did then. So yeah. would it surprise you if the Cowboys could figure out a way to get over this inevitable hurdle of the, the gold and red of the San Francisco 49ers? No, no it would not surprise me. What would me. it take? It, it, would, it would not surprise me, and it would have surprised me a month ago. Okay. It would have surprised me maybe even two or three weeks ago, but... Based on Dak's comments, stacking wins and yes. stacking not just wins because we've seen them do that before, but the way that they've been winning, that is the most impressive thing to me because <clears throat> I think that they now have it. They're in a situation where we're not asking who else can step up. We're not asking if Mike McCarthy can, you know, step into the present day right. of play calling. You're like saying all, he's all those, done it. Yeah, all those things are being answered. So, man, I feel I feel really good about that game now, and not that I'm gonna pick the Cowboys to win that game. But I don't think it's going to be anything like it was a couple months ago. And I think that it's more likely to come down to a couple plays right at the end of the game, which would be fantastic for the fans, but even more fantastic for the Cowboys, who have for so long been trying to get over that hurdle of the San Francisco 49ers. Like physically last year, in that game in particular that you mentioned, they, they matched their physicality on the defensive side, which was great to see. Like the Cowboys and Dan Quinn, they had some answers physically and schematically for what Kyle is doing. The problem was it wasn't really the same on the offensive side. Yeah, they just couldn't get in the end zone. They couldn't get in the end zone. So I, I think that, that what they're doing right now, even though Mike McCarthy has maybe stolen some things, everyone does, right? Right. I'm okay with it. I'm completely fine with it because... Just steal, steal, steal the steal right more. stuff, buddy. Steal the right stuff. <laughs> and then let Dak continue to push the right. ball down the field and play the way he's played. They have all the chances in the world, and they're a hungry team. You know, Dak realizes, being asked, just like you said in that press conference, I mean, he is in a situation where he understands exactly what we're talking about. It doesn't matter what happens right now. It matters when we see those guys again or when we start to play some of these teams that are going to be there. How do we look against those guys? He knows. 
I think for me, I'm, I just want to see my Cowboys friends. And one of my very best friends in the world, Scott Leipzig, I, he grew up in the D.C. area. We grew up in Northern Virginia. Everybody Redskins fans, <laughs> now Commanders fan fans, there? of course. He's a, he's a Cowboys fan. And you know what? Bless him for it. Yeah, that's right? great. He, he, he taught love me it. very early on to sort of learn how to love the enemy. A lot of Cowboys fans here at NFL Media. Yeah. And I would love for all of them to stop beating their chest on behalf of bravado and to start beating their chest on behalf of an actual scalp on the wall. I I want them to actually flip the script, change the narrative, win something. For God's sakes, just win something so we can talk about something else for a change. Cowboys next games, Seahawks at home on Thursday, then Eagles at home the week after, then it's Bills and Dolphins away, back home to take on the Lions. They finish with my Washington Commanders away. David Carr says, hey, keep this form going you're doing the right thing keep doing the right thing stack those wins as Dak Prescott said and you may just find yourself with a chance to beat the Niners in a game that matters and to move to your promised land that promised land an NFC championship game and yes maybe even a trip to Vegas for the Super Bowl You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I want to thank today's special guest, David Carr. David, thank you so much for making some time. Always a pleasure. And I want to invite you, the listener, to join us first thing tomorrow morning when David's going to be back in the chair. He will return to preview the game of the week in the NFL, the NFC Championship rematch, a potential NFC Championship preview. They're ranked number one and two in the NFC as it stands right now. It's the 10-1 Eagles hosting the 8-3 Niners. Eagles getting no respect from the odds makers. They are a three-point underdog at home. Join us to hear why David Carr says the odds makers are absolutely right. That's next time. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.